Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the podcast junkie. And we have another exciting interview today. And this one is going to be really kind of... um, interesting for me because I've been following our guest today for a very long time. And um, I've actually been friends with her since I was right at the beginning of my journey over nearly two and a half years ago now when I was first getting started in the online space. Um, She's widely respected, one of the top entrepreneur coaches in the world. In fact, the top entrepreneur coach. She's the number one ranked entrepreneur coach in Google, and she's trained a a ton of people. In her first year, she actually helped over 3,000 people uh, actually get to the next level as entrepreneurs. And next year is going to be her first seven-figure year, which is super exciting. Please welcome my guest today, Bree Seeley. Bree, how are you doing? Hello. I can't believe it's been two and a half years. That's scary, scary, right? (laughs) Where did it... Anyways... You know what, wow. though? I, I find it super interesting because in the corporate world, two and a half years is like a blink of the eye, right? Right. But like as entrepreneurs, like so Feels much like happens. Yeah. yeah. I remember we used to have this saying in my work. We said, uh, the weeks are long, but the years are short because we would find that, you know, you would, it would feel like a long week, but then you would blink and a year or two had gone by. And, you know, before you knew it, you were <laughs> living out your life terribly, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Interesting. So Brie, well, I'm super excited to have you. Yeah, right. It's been super fun. I'm super excited to have you on the show today. Now, a lot of my audience um, I know is going to love you, but for anybody that doesn't already know who you are, could you give us a little bit of an introduction about how you got started in the online world? Yeah. So I I'm, have been kind of a lifelong entrepreneur. I would help. I was raised by a single mom, spent a lot of time going to work with her, would spend after work, um, you know, training her employees and restocking shelves and counting tills at the end of the night. And it kind of spun into in, in middle school, I started a babysitter's club. And in high school, then I was running the uh, family business. My mom would throw me the keys in the summer and I would just manage the entire business. And when I was 23, I was living in a place where I had just finished my bachelor's and my master's, both in fashion and didn't have an opportunity to be in the fashion industry based on where I was living. And so I got a day job, um, but knew that I wanted to kind of continue on my creative skills and my cre- and my fashion skills. And so I was like, well, I'll just start a business. So I joke that I was an accidental entrepreneur. Um, 
And at the same time, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. So I uh, started my first fashion industry, fashion business in the fashion industry, did that for eight years. And it became really clear that that just like wasn't my path anymore. There was a bigger purpose and a bigger opportunity available to me. Um, so I walked away from my fashion business 72 hours after I had the aha and received the insights, closed my business down, walked into the absolute complete unknown. And in that space, realized that people have been asking me for years to help them with their businesses. How did you do what you did? How did you, you know, get on the cover of Apparel News? How did you dress Tony Braxton? How did you get at LA Fashion Week? How did you get picked up by Zappos? All these things. And um, so I kind of dove headfirst into coaching. And it's been a crazy ride. I'm about to enter year six next year of my coaching business, which is insane. Again, feels like multiple lifetimes. Um, and so that's just, it, it was kind of on accident, but also kind of a bigger divine plan, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally have seen the results that you've done and I see, I've seen your coaching style and I'm honestly blown away by it. And I think it's really interesting. And, and because I think what you do, Bree, is very unique. And we're going to dig into that a little bit in today's episode. But what I, what I really love is your whole journey from, you know, the last six years from being an entrepreneur. And on today's episode, I want to dig into a little bit about, you know, the way you coach and how you do it differently. But I also want to talk about your story because, you know, it hasn't all been rainbows and sunshine for you. You know, there's been some ups and downs along the way. There's been some challenges like with every person that has an entrepreneur's entrepreneurship. And I'm super interested to dig into that because I think one of the biggest things that a lot of entrepreneurs think is that they think that they're alone when they make mistakes. And I, and I think it's not true. And I, I honestly believe that the most successful entrepreneurs are the ones that have made the most mistakes. So we always like to kind of emphasize that. But before we dig into all those questions, Bree, talk to me a little bit about um, the way that you help people as a coach. Because from, from what I've seen, you help people at three different levels, right? Yep. Yeah, I help people that are just at the, like, haven't even maybe begun their business yet and are just really wanting to become entrepreneurs, but kind of don't know how. I was just researching this week about the top three reasons that people don't actually start businesses. And they're basically all the same things that I help people overcome. So I help entrepreneurs with a lot of mindset, a lot of habits, a lot of understandings and action taking in a different way that's like really foundational, fundamental building blocks that you need in order to then start a business and have it be successful. And then I also help solopreneurs who have started their business there usually in year one to three and have some good momentum going, but just like don't know how to take it to the next level. They don't know what it means to scale. They don't know how to impact more people. Maybe right now they're trading time for money and they literally have no more time so they cannot make more money. So um, I help people at that level. And then I help established entrepreneurs in a, on a private basis really, truly up-level themselves so that they can up-level their businesses. Where do you, where do you enjoy spending most of your time in your business? Like who do you get most of a kick out of helping? I really honestly think it's the solopreneurs because, and like you and I talked about, and like, we're going to dive into as well. Like that's been my journey for so long is, you know, I had massive success within the first year of my business. Like I hit six figures super easily, super easily. And then it just kind of like flatlined. And I look at solopreneurs that are trading time for money. And I look at solopreneurs that maybe even have started some 
operations and some um, some scaling, but just don't understand why that next level um, isn't just right there, that it isn't just readily available. And so I feel them so much that that's really who I, I love helping. Isn't it interesting? We, we, uh, I was speaking to a student this week and, and they said the same. It seems like the people that they want to help is really them, but a little bit of time ago, right? Oh yeah, totally. I think I've, in the coaching industry, I've heard a lot, like we, we like, we teach what we most need to learn. And so once you've learned it, of course, then it becomes time to, to teach it and to share it. And, um, yeah, it's, it is something that I'm really passionate about. I'm passionate about the other two as well, but if we're ranking yeah, them, that one, sure. that one like hits you right in the heart, right? Cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I, I know, I know the struggles. I know the frustrations. I know the disappointment. I know what it takes to like build a business and just be like, why isn't it here yet? Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I've been there. So what do you think is, and because I, it's always difficult on a podcast interview because we can't ask people one-to-one like they would be with coaching, like, hey, what's your problem and where are you struggling? So like, yeah. what do you see being the, the biggest things that people get stuck on time and time again, especially when they're that solopreneur who is, you know, just getting started, maybe has had a little bit of success, but is, is struggling to find that um, consistency and traction? Yeah. So one of the things that I've really and like we talked about, I do this a little differently, is I approach things from a very holistic perspective. So unfortunately, a lot of solopreneurs out there get really um, drawn in by all those shiny marketing tactics of like, oh, if you just have this, then your business will be successful. And if you just have this, then your business will be successful. And I feel like a lot of solopreneurs end up chasing their tails a lot because they're like, oh, I just need to have Instagram. And when I can have Instagram, then I'll have a seven figure business. And it's like, well, it doesn't work that way. So I approach things from like three pillars. The first pillar is the people pillar. And I really think that that's the most important pillar because within that pillar is your customer. And what happens is that a lot of people think they know their customer's problem, but they don't actually know their customer's problem. And they, they haven't actually done the work to sit down and either survey or just fully completely understand what is key. When my customer is awake at 3 a.m. and they're laying in bed wide open, eyes wide open, and they've got their cell phone in their hand, what are they Googling? So that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is that most entrepreneurs speak a lot to their solution, but not they don't... Ad- actually address or answer the question that that entrepreneurs have or that customers having. Mm -hmm. And this is what I mean by that. So I had a client who um, uh, is a coach and she had done her entire website, SEO, all of her Instagram content, everything was geared towards helping people find, find clarity. And I, 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 we sat down and I said, the problem with that is that when someone is stuck, they're not looking for clarity. When someone's stuck, they're looking to get unstuck. So they're not looking for the solution. They're trying to get rid of their problem. And it may sound like I'm saying the same thing there, but I'm not. So I feel like that's a huge hiccup for people is the people pillar, the customer, knowing who that is and making sure that you're speaking to them. And then looking at like the operations pillar. Most entrepreneurs, 62%, I believe, of entrepreneurs never get a team involved 
62% of entrepreneurs are doing it alone for the entirety of their business. They don't have the necessary oper- like backend systems to really support them. They don't have a funnel. They don't have a scheduling system. They don't like, it just becomes this thing where they're, um, they're, they're like, their life is consumed with all of the daily to-dos and they don't get to be that higher level CEO of their business that's required in order for you to transcend the, you know, where you're at in your business into really the higher echelons of business. And then the third pillar is strategy, which is where everyone wants to start and everyone wants to talk about, you know, all the fancy fun things. I call it the sexy pillar of business growth and development, but that's the pillar I actually spend the least amount of time on because if pillar one and two aren't in place, you can never get to pillar three. I find that really interesting because um, I've seen this so many times with people. Once you get that clarity on who you're serving and exactly what they're thinking and what's going on in their mind, and you actually speak to these people, you know, I, I encourage all of my students to actually get on podcast interviews with their perfect dream customers and actually talk to them and find out what's going on. It's amazing the clarity that kind of happens. What, what kind of transformations have you seen once people get that people part right, Brie? I mean, really, when you can be talking. So the other thing about the way I approach business is that these pillars are not silos, right? Because then once you get that, all of your communications literally begin speaking exactly to the heart of your customer. And when you can do that, when you can hit your customer in the heart and really truly understand and know them, they're going to be inspired to take action. Whether that's signing up for an offer, listening to your podcast, engaging with you in some way, but it really, when you can speak to their core issue, you develop that you begin developing that no love trust factor with them. And when someone knows you and loves you and trusts you, you become the go-to person for them. I have people that began with me on my journey four years ago, five years ago, and um, are still diehard fans. Like the people that respond to every single Instagram story I post, the people that like every single Facebook I post, the people that are in my groups, on my email list, responding to my, like those people are my core group. And they're the ones that are out there advocating for me. So when you can build that like um, that really like ride or die kind of like community, that's when the expansion can happen because you know who you're speaking to, you know how you're serving, like all of the bits of the puzzle kind of fall into place. Yeah, it's that hundred true fans, right? The thousand true fans. If you can create them, then they'll follow you through everything, through thick and thin. And they'll tell everyone they know about you as well, which is great. I love that. So for people hearing this, there's probably a lot of um, <laughs> bells going off in people's heads like, oh my God, that's it. What are some of the, the best practical steps that people can take to actually begin to understand this? Because um, a lot of people, they understand the principle, but they just don't know where to go with it. Yeah, it really takes like, so one of the things that I was, have been doing in 2019 is sitting down and really helping people develop up a holistic business growth plan. And everyone, like I have all these people be like, oh my God, it just sounds so overwhelming. And I'm like, you know, what's more overwhelming waking up every day, not knowing where you're going or how you're getting there. Like that's overwhelming. Does it take time to sit down and develop up a plan? Yeah, it does. And when you have a plan, when you have a roadmap, your daily activities become so much easier and so much more in flow. And you can begin building out things that are automated, 
don't take your time. And it's just incredible. So basically what I have been helping people with is developing up this like the three pillar system into this growth plan and really understanding all of like, you know, talk about this puzzle analogy, like every single piece of the puzzle that fits together to create this whole picture. So oftentimes people have a lot of puzzle pieces that just don't fit in their puzzle. <laughs> the oftentimes people will get their puzzle put together and realize there's like three pieces missing. So it's really, really, really important to like have that map, have that outline, have that understanding of all of the pieces of your business on a holistic level, right? Not just the silver bullet approach of like, if you do these five things, your business will be successful. You can't leave anything out of the ingredients. You just, you just can't ignore any part of your business. It all has to be there. So I, I highly recommend that people really sit down and dive into these three pillars and really answer the right questions in order to have this map built for themselves that will get them to where they want to be. Yeah, it's interesting. I can think of about 80, 80 puzzle pieces I've thrown away in the last couple of months as I'm trying to figure out all the pieces of my business. One thing yeah. that really interests me, Brie, about this is that when you're talking about the holistic approach, um, it's really about looking at all of the aspects of the business. How important is it for setting goals that mean more than just arbitrary numbers? So rather than just saying, I want to do this much revenue, I want to serve this many people, how much does the does the goal setting factor into what you're talking about? Is that important? I think it's incredibly important because I always say this, I'm huge on like metaphors and all that stuff. So if you were to pull up your phone and I've done this and say, hey, Siri, take me anywhere. The first question is, well, where do you want to go? And I've said back to her, anywhere, take me anywhere. And I was living in Minneapolis when I did this and she's like, oh, there's an anywhere dog grooming something, something, something. And I was like, Siri, I'm not a dog person. I'm a cat person. Take me anywhere. And like, she couldn't take me anywhere because I didn't give her a destination. And that's exactly how I feel about goals as well. You have to know where you're going in order to get there. Otherwise you're waking up every day, walking in circles in different directions, having no idea how to get to where you're going because you don't know where you're going. And then in terms of the first aspect of your question as well, for me, it's incredibly important to have more than just numbers because numbers at the end of the day, kind of like, don't really mean anything. They're arbitrary, right? They're like a system that humans made up. What we really crave and the reason that people want to make money is it's never about the money. It's about the, the feelings and the emotions and the values that we get to then express as a result of having that money or having that service or that impact or whatever, right? So mm -hmm. for me, it's not about having a million dollars in the bank. For me, it's about being able to have the freedom to do what I want, when I want, how I want, because freedom is my top core value, but it's also about impact because one of the things that I will be doing next year is also starting my first foundation. And in order for me to be able to start a foundation, I need to have the revenue to make sure that my business is running properly. I can support my team. I can support myself, but also that I have that base to be able to do better things in the world. So when I write out my vision for the next year, which actually I sat down and started yesterday, I actually don't have any numbers in it whatsoever. Can you give us I a little have. bit of a behind the scenes of it? Because I'm I'm super, Ooh. I love giving people real examples, you know, because a lot yes. of people are like, well, that sounds cool, but like I just stuck, right? Could, could you give yeah. us a bit of behind the scenes of what that looks like? 
So what I did yesterday was, um, I, speaking of, so you asked me how New York was, I was at the most exquisite hotel yesterday morning for a facial and <laughs> it's like, there was the most beautiful Christmas tree. It's in New, I'm in New York for anyone that doesn't know. I think know. I saw the picture. Oh, it was so beautiful. And I was like, I can't leave here. I, can't, I, have to, I have to just sit and just like be here in this magnificence and this magic. And so I got my notebook out and I started journaling about 2020. And so what I do is I had about six or seven kind of like core areas. And I just started brain dumping about like, what's important to me about this area? How do I want to feel in this area? Um, so I had like, the first one was home. I'm a Taurus, so I'm very much about home and like the gratitude that I have for my home and how much I love, you know, having a really safe, beautiful, warm place to live. The next part was community, the kinds of people that I'm spending my time with, the kinds of conversations we have, how we support one another, how we love one another. The next section was, I think, leadership um, and how I'm showing up in the world as a really powerful leader how it feels, why I want to do that, what's important to me about it. Um, then I think I also touched on love, health. Um, my, I think team or my customers, money. I don't know. I had like six or eight areas and I basically just like, you, I brain dump. Like what's important to me about this? What is important to me about the money that I'm bringing in? What is important to me about how I show up in the world? What is important to me about who I am, about the people I'm drawing in, about the experiences I'm having? About So it becomes about so much more than just the money. I feel like in entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. we do get so hyper-focused and like, I got to make money. And it's like, at the end of the day, we oftentimes end up treating ourselves worse as entrepreneurs than we ever got treated as employees. Mm, preach. And so, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm so hard on myself. Like I'm the worst boss for myself, not for my employees. I'm so good to my employees. I'm really, really, really terrible to myself. And so I have to check in and tap in with like, why am I doing this in the first place? Because it's about so much more than the numbers and the rankings and the things and the stuff. So that's why I create a vision that looks like that. I love that because it very much sounds to me like those are your core values, home, yeah. community, leadership, love. Did you always have clarity on that or did you struggle with that for a long time? Um, I am, I'm a pretty clear person. Like there are things that I just like know about myself. Um, like at the age of five, I knew that I didn't want to be a mother. Like, so there are bits and pieces of my life that I've been really clear on. Um, some of these softer skill things, like I didn't realize that freedom was my top core value until I went to Bali in 2016. So I've only known my top core value for three years, which is ridiculous to say out loud. And I'm a little ashamed and can't believe I'm admitting that, but like I, so yes and no, yes, I've been clear on some things and I hadn't looked at some other things, which is why like I teach core values to most of my entrepreneurs as well, because it's so like, that's what drives us. Yeah. I mean, and I say it because I know myself, I'm not very clear on my core values and, and mm. also ashamed to admit it, you know, and, and recently I've been noticing a real pull that I wanted to have a home and be around friends. And, you know, as you know, Brie, like when you travel, like it can be difficult to find those things. And oh, yeah. I found myself questioning, like, well, what do I really want? What do I really need? And I think it's something that a lot of us don't ask. 
maybe because of the way that jobs and school has taught us is that we don't really ask those questions. We just kind of follow and do what we've been told rather than saying like, well, what do I really want? You know, what's important to me? But Um, also too, I think that a lot of the entrepreneur marketing leads us into kind of like the shiny object syndrome as well, right? Yeah. Oh, so-and-so is traveling around the world. I need to travel around the world. Personally, for me, like I could never do that. I could never be a digital nomad. I I don't even like it that much. I don't even like it that much. (laughs) Like, honestly, like it's not that good. Like we just sit in cafes and work all the time. Like I I want a nice fire and a cat and a dog. Like what, you know, that's what I want in life. Yeah. So I think, I think it also comes down to people really just taking a pause and kind of disconnecting from all of the kind of like bullshit marketing out there around like, you can have a Ferrari and you can live in a mansion in Malibu and you can travel the world and like, all this stuff it's like that works for them or it doesn't and they're just like being clever about their marketing who knows but it's really important to to step back and identify because every single person's definition of success is different Mm -hmm. but we don't sit down and write like we don't sit down and identify what that means to us we base it on what other people say and it's the same way that people run businesses well so-and-so is successful in this way so I have to follow exactly what they did in order for me to be successful as well Like, I think it's just a a general lack of awareness, like self-awareness for entrepreneurs, because it's easier to just do what other people have done. But at the end of the day, that's not ever going to get you the results that work for you. What I really love about this as well, Brie, is that I see a lot of entrepreneurs that burn out, that they're super successful, make a lot of money, but like end up like nearly killing themselves in, in these terrible, terrible situations. And something that I really see in your style and in your coaching is that I imagine that the majority of people who you work with, it's not just about making more money, it's about actually creating a business that you love and enjoy. Do, do you find that to be the case? Absolutely, because like, like for example, if health is one of your core values and you're working in that way that you burn yourself out, no amount of money can get you back in like to a place of health. <laughs> like money, and again, like I said you know, a little bit ago, it's, it's never about the money. Mm-hmm. You know, money might be a good, external thing to be like, look at what I did. But at the end of the day, if you're not living out who you are, if you're not living by your unapologetic truth, if you're not expressing your unique one of a kind thumbprint version of life, there's always going to be something missing. You can have all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Speaking of New York, I know that New York has always been a, a real dream of yours. Can you talk really quickly about how you manifested it? Yes. So I, like you said, that was another thing I knew at five, at five years old, I knew I didn't want to have children. I wanted to live in New York. (laughs) Very clear on those things my entire life. Um, And, uh, and at the same time, I was also raised in the Midwest with this idea that even a loaf of bread costs more in New York. And so I went through my entire life with this idea that I couldn't ever afford to live in New York city. So I've always visited and loved it. And, you know, I was here in 2004 and 2009 and 2017. Like I love this city so much. And my sister and I decided to do a kind of travel trip together for Christmas in 2017, instead of getting each other gifts. And so we decided March, 2018, we were going to come to New York because she had only ever been here for like 24 hours, ran through and did all the touristy stuff, but never actually was like here. 
So we met here, we had like five or six amazing days together. And then I stayed longer because I had to be in Seattle and stayed with a girlfriend. And so I was in her apartment with her on the Upper East Side and we were chatting and all of these understandings just kind of started coming to light that like she was paying the same in rent on the Upper East Side that I was paying in downtown LA. And she didn't have a car and my car was costing me $1,200 a month. And I got to like live as a New Yorker for the first time and like go to the bodegas and go to the grocery stores and take the subway and all of this stuff. And it was just a really beautiful experience of having that realization that it wasn't as far away as I thought it was. And so two days later, I was in Seattle. I had thrown out my back. I was going to see a massage therapist, ended up going to see a tarot reader on my way. And she sat, I sat down, she looked at me and she goes, are you in the midst of a relocation? And I was like, no, I'm not. And she looked at me and she's like, "Mm, I'm pretty sure you are. Like, I really (laughs) think you are. And I immediately burst out crying. And just all this, all this like word vomit started coming up where I was like, oh my God, I've been unhappy with LA for months. And I like, I signed this lease and I didn't want to sign it. And like all this, and I was like, whoa, where did all that that come come from? And so I got back to LA and literally subleased my place, subleased my car, found a place um, to stay in Minneapolis, which is where I grew up, and packed up my two cats and my Lexus, and we drove uh, to Minneapolis. And I lived in an attic in Minneapolis for a year in preparation to move to New York, and I just got here in April. And it's been a crazy ride, but like, I think one of the things is I never let go of that destination. Like I have always had New York City programmed as the destination of my GPS for my entire life. And I just gave myself an opportunity to finally see that it was available to me. That's such a powerful story. And I I think that's a testament to any goal is that we always have this kind of sight in our mind, right? Of like one day, one day. But then most people who actually go out and achieve it, they, they change that to, well, forget one day, how about now? And actually yep. look very seriously about what it takes. Like I meant a lot of people I've met were like, well, I wanted to travel the world and I thought it was expensive. But then when they actually looked at it, they figured it out. Like they wanted, just like you said, to relocate to what would many people would consider to be the most expensive place in the US, but actually you can do it affordably. Um, yeah. I lived in US for a month for less than a thousand dollars, like staying with friends and like cheap Airbnbs and like it, it, it was totally doable, right? And yeah. so I think anytime there's always a way that you can manifest it, it's just about asking yourself, like, how do I actually do it? And what does it really look like? Well, and I think part of it too, and I posted a lot about this when I moved is I was like, if you look at your dreams that you have right now and knew that they would take 30 years to manifest, would you keep the faith? That's a really hard question for a lot of people to answer. Like, holy shit, 30 years? I can't trust that in 30 years, my dreams are going to manifest. I want them tomorrow. And for me, you know, there were some moments where I was like, maybe it won't happen, right? I'm not going to lie, I'm human. But at the end of the day, it was the only thing I I have ever truly wanted for my entire life. And now looking back, I can say it was worth the wait. And I know exactly why it took me 30 years to get here. And I'm so glad it took me 30 years to get here. But most people don't have the patience to continue trusting and having the faith that their dream will manifest when it quote unquote takes too long. Wow. That's so beautiful. And, uh, 
incredible to see that you've actually done it and and huge congratulations because I can just see you beaming with happiness every time (laughs) I I see you talk about anything related to New York which is absolutely (laughs) incredible which is super fun and the cats look very happy too which is good news too right yes they they honestly like well so I had to put one of them down um when I was in Minneapolis so I'm just down to one cat now but um she really doesn't she doesn't care about being in New York she just (laughs) wants to be wherever I am she's like oh, you're, you're here. Like, just pet me and pay attention to me. Like, she doesn't care where we are. Yeah. I I have a girlfriend like that. That's super funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So bringing it back to business, Brian, I'm I'm so glad that we talked about that because I think that, you know, that is an analogy for anything in life. Um, I want to just change gears a little bit and talk about some of the challenges that you experienced when trying to scale. And, And like you said, the first year you hit six figures and then, you know, there was lots of ups and downs. What, what do you feel like were some of the big challenges as you started to approach that level of, okay, I need to scale now and reach the next level? I mean, I think the biggest challenge, and I think this goes for pretty much every entrepreneur, is my expectations. I had this expectation that like, oh yeah, I hit 100,000 one year, so like next year I'll be able to hit a million. And I didn't actually know what it took to one be a seven-figure business owner, two, build a seven-figure business, and three, like really have all the things in place to make sure that that could materialize in the physical world. And so in 2017, I set this intention of becoming a a million-dollar business owner. And when it didn't happen in 2017, my expectations were um, not met, basically, right? And there was disappointment. 2018, same thing expectations weren't met, disappointment. 2019, similar thing, expectations not met, disappointment. Like I had assumed I'm going to get to New York and like everything's going to be in alignment because that's where I'm supposed to be. And the universe is just going to like support me. And it's just going to be like a million dollar year. This was a year of rooting and grounding and getting settled. Definitely not a year of massive growth. And so like it really, that mismatch between my expectations And what these past three years have been about has been the biggest challenge. And it's interesting because, of course, it's not anything tangible. It's all happening in my mind. And it's the stories we tell and it's the understandings we have and it's the assumptions we have. Um, So that's absolutely been the biggest struggle in terms of getting to where I am right now. What was that like emotionally going through a lot of that expectation and not meeting it? I mean, like you said, it's a total roller coaster. You know, as an entrepreneur, any entrepreneur listening to this knows the, the days where you're like on top of the mountain, victorious, arms thrown up, sun on your face, screaming and cheering and celebrating. And then the days when you're like at the depths and you like can't get out of bed and you're disappointed and you're depressed and you're like, it's, it is, and, and those two things can shift literally within like an hour of each other, right? It doesn't have to be one day versus another day. It could be like both in the same day. Um, <laughs> it's been that. intense. And, and one of the things that I really have cultivated within myself and teach a lot of is like emotional resiliency in being an entrepreneur. Because if you can't navigate those highs and lows, entrepreneurship is going to be a really, really, really difficult path for you. And talking about now for 2020, because I know it's another year of striving to be a seven-figure business owner. 
have your expectations changed or, or, or kind of adapted in, in sort of a different manner? What's, what's different going forward? So I think what's different is that I, I am approaching my business from a different energy. Mm-hmm. And I haven't actually sat down and, and touched on the expectation thing yet. I'll have to sit and kind of like sit with that this week. But a lot of it is I'm approaching my, I just hired a new person to help me. Um, who is incredible and I'm approaching my business in 2020, I think from a a more like empowered place. So I used to, and, and this goes back to the whole holistic approach as well is like, you know, I, I, when I first got started five years ago, six years ago, whatever, um, I invested in one of those funnel courses where it was like, you do the opt-in and you do the Facebook ads and you do the, uh, the webinar and this and that. And I did it. And I just had this expectation that it was going to be like the thing, right? Like the, the silver bullet to like get, fix all of my problems and like get me where I wanted to be. And I think the difference is what I'm, what I'm approaching my business at in 2020, again, is this holistic approach. So I've sat down and mapped out my entire business growth plan. And I'm taking into account, you know, it's not just this one thing that's going to get me there. I have a plan for my publicity, my social media, my um, newsletters, my funnel, my, like I have all of it mapped out and I see how all of it is fitting together. And I have started delegating at a massive level because I've known this for a while, but I really, truly realized it this year. When I hire a contractor, yes, it costs me money, but at the end of the day, it costs me more to figure it out and do it myself. Mm-hmm. So I have a bigger team now than I've ever had before. And the coolest part is like, I have a YouTube guy whose zone of genius is literally just YouTube. And he only works for me like two hours a week, but he, you know, his job is to like, make sure my YouTube is on point and growing. I have a sales guy and his job, he may only take three calls a week for me right now, but his only job is to do sales. And so like I've built out this really beautiful, well-functioning machine that I've never had before. And I always had this idea that like, oh, if I just have this one thing in place, then my business will take off. And it just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So Bree, this has been an amazing interview. Definitely one of my favorites of the year. And um, I think, I think, and the reason why I think is because you are very transparent and it's very clear that you are living the same life as the people that you coach, right? You're somebody that's in there doing the same things, applying it and coming across the same challenges. So I think that makes you very attractive as a coach. I think that makes it something that you know, you're not some $10 million business person that's not like me. You're just like me. And that's what yeah. makes it very real. And I think that's why you have so many of those true fans who will follow you and do everything because you're real. And I think people really Thank crave you. that. Yeah, I, um, I joke all the time. I'm like, I can't be someone I'm not because do you know how exhausting it is to live a lie? <laughs> do you know how exhausting <laughs> it is to like pretend to be someone? I'm like, I am nothing if not real because I just don't have the energy to be anything but who I am. 
I love that. I love that so much. So Brie, I'm, I'm no doubt going to have a ton of messages from people like, how do I find out more about this person? She sounds amazing. Where could I go and consume all of her stuff? So if anybody wants to find out more about you, um, reach out to you as a coach, apart from just Googling it, because like you're pretty famous on Google. What's the best <laughs> way for people to find out more about you and consume more of Brie? Yeah, my website is briseely.com. That's B-R-I-S-E-E-L-E-Y.com. Um, my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. <laughs> it's kind of when I shut down my fashion business, that kind of became my like artistic outlet. Um, so love Instagram, come jam with me on Instagram. But if you're looking, if you're interested in any of the things, uh, you can go to my website. And um, if you're interested, if you are a solopreneur and you're looking to really like put together a holistic plan for the year ahead. Um, we've put together a link, breeseely.com slash EJM for Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. Um, so you can go there and uh, there's a good opt-in for you there that will help you with some of the things we talked about today um, and hopefully really give you that leg up to create the things that you want to take you to that destination, that vision that you have in your heart. And genuinely, for anybody that's listening, if you're in that position right now where you're thinking to yourself, you know, I just want to get more, more enjoyment out of my business, out of my life, and just start living that, that kind of dream that probably has always been there, I, I would definitely check that out and, and just spend a couple of minutes of your time. Because out of all of the coaches that I see and everybody that, that is out there online, one thing that I love about you, Brie, is that the people that work with you get very real results. And it's not always millions of dollars, but it, it's that clarity and I, I want to say enjoyment. They just seem happy. Well, and you know, the thing that someone asked me the other day, they're like, what do you want for your clients? And I was like, it's not my job to want for my clients. I want for my clients, whatever they want. So I've, I have a client who came to me, she was at like 120,000 when she came to me. She doubled her business immediately. And she currently sits, I think around 300,000 a year. And I'm always, she has become a friend and I'm always talking to her and I'm like, Jen, you need to get employees. You need to do this. You need to do that. Like your business could be seven figures so easily, so easily. And she always looks at me and she says, but Brie, that's not what I want. And so it's again, really important. Like, yeah, you can create anything, but you have to know what works for you. For her, the idea of having employees sounds terrible. And so like, it, again, it's that like, you just need to know the destination you're traveling to. We can get you the results. That's like probably the easiest part. <laughs> but you need to know you well enough to know what are you creating? Why are you creating it? Who are you creating it for? I love it. I think that's so powerful. Well, Bree, thank you so much. I wish you a absolutely splendid new year. Everybody listening is probably listening already in 2020, but for us, it's uh, just approaching Christmas. So Yay. have a wonderful time. Enjoy New thank York you. in Christmas. And we will, uh, we will connect real soon. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And for all of you guys who are listening, once again, make sure you go and check out the show notes. Bree's going to drop a whole bunch of amazing stuff down there. So make sure you take advantage of it. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. 
One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.